Welcome to the Jimbo Podcast, where you can find all your favorite Jimbo Show content in one place. Interviews, prank calls, bits, and a whole lot more. And now, here's your host, Jimbo. Hey, it's Jimbo here with you on the Jimbo Podcast. This podcast is a little capsule of the great stuff I'm doing on the Jimbo Show. Uh, the Jimbo Morning Show, that is. This is my way to have you access the morning show whenever you want to on the Jimbo Show. So these are interviews from the past, brand new interviews, but the good thing about it, it is uncut. That's right, uncut and ready for you to listen to. Now we're not going to cuss up a storm. I'm just saying we didn't chop it up, so you have to listen through songs to get to the whole interview. The whole interview is here in its entirety. So here on episode two, we're going to talk to Ike Barinholtz, great actor, uh, who was in Blockers and Sisters, and we talk about the ER uh, names on his movies. And uh, pretty much, uh, you know, he directed a movie called The Oath in 2018. I had a chance to talk to him then, so we'll talk about the movie-making process with him doing the movie The Oath, which kind of didn't do as well as I expected it to do at the box office, but, you know, I enjoyed it. So here's my interview from 2018 when I talked to Ike Barinholtz of Mad TV. We talk about a bunch of things. I'm a screenwriter. We talked about screenwriting. We talk about how he got in the skit comedy and some advice for you guys out there who are interested in getting into comedy yourself. But uh, I'm going to give you a little in, inside access. Here's us talking before the actual interview about the movie Blockers, and I was a little reluctant to let uh, to watch it because I had daughters, and I knew the the plot of the movie was the daughters were trying to lose their virginity uh, on prom night. So I that didn't appeal to me. <laughs> so we talk a little bit about that and then go straight into the interview. So here it is. Ike Barinholtz from 2018. I have daughters, so I'm going to kind of wait. On. But it is one to watch. I have a lot of friends that have daughters and they're like, Glad I, cried, I cried a lot. Okay. I cried a lot during okay. that one. It's, Maybe like I need sweet. To... it's like very sweet for like a big R-rated comedy. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. Lenny, you rolling? Okay. In the studio, we have the one and only Ike Barinholtz. The movie is called The Oath. My friend, thank you for having me. Hey, man, it's it's Barinholtz season, I think. It's I think Barinholtz season. You've you've on a, quite a role here. I'm Na- trying. Neighbors, neighbors, two sisters. Blockers. This, this movie has this movie has two words in it, so you might be in trouble. Though. But all the movies <laughs> normally I do movies that only end in ERS. <laughs> neighbors, sisters, and blockers. I'm just realizing that. So this one breaks that, but I I, I think it's worth it. But The Oath is great because you are the writer. Yes, and the director. Yes. Sir. Now you did writing before. You wrote a little bit on Central Intelligence, right? Yeah, but I always wrote with a partner, my longtime partner, and and we always write like big kind of studio comedies. And this one is is a little bit different. It's kind of a strange little movie, but it's it's still funny. It's very different. It's very funny. It's it's the oath and explain, I guess, without giving anything away. Sure. What the oath is. So basically, if you can imagine. In America, that's politically divided. Really? People arguing. How'd you come up with this one? I, this is like science fiction. You know, I really, it's like Inception. I had to think about it for a long time. Uh, uh, basically, like the, the, the government has introduced a, a, a semi compulsory uh, loyalty oath that they're asking people to sign. And right away, people are like, I'm not going to sign. Are you going to sign? No. And the deadline to sign is Black Friday, the yeah. day after Thanksgiving, right? And so the week of Thanksgiving, my whole, my character is like a, this really guy, a crazy guy who's obsessed with the news and he's, He's like very moralistic and 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 condescending, and his whole family staying at his house. And so, the first part of the movie is all about like you know, don't talk about politics at the, the Thanksgiving table. And then, as you know, yes. it, it takes a bit of a turn yes. into crazy town. Yeah, and you can't guess the movie. That's what I really liked about it. You couldn't guess where it was going. There's yeah, some, it's a roller coaster. You get some some dark moments in yep. the film. Yep. <laughs> uh, but the character I was going to ask when I was watching the character because I know you wrote the movie. Yes, sir. Is the character kind of based on you? Yes, the character I play, Chris, is like the worst version of. Me. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I think I watch a little too much news and I'm too plugged in. And uh-huh. Chris is like that on steroids. He's just.
just like nonstop obsessed. Did you see this? Do you read this? And it's like slowly making his his family and loved ones uh, crazy. And you're married to t- Tiffany Haddish in the yes, movie. Yes, yes. No mm. one's ever heard of her. She's his first time actress. <laughs> I found. I take credit for breaking her. And uh, yeah, she plays my wife, and I've been a huge fan of hers for a long time. And I thought we would be a good kind of pairing. It is. It is a great couple. Yeah. And uh, the, the rest of the cast is great too. You got Nora Dunn. Used to yes. be on Saturday Night Live. Who is the actor who plays your dad? Because he's in like in everything, uh, and he's, he's so good. Right, Chris Ellis. I believe he's. I think he was born in Tennessee, but he's a Texan. He, uh, he, I first saw him, the first time I really remember seeing him was in Apollo 13. Yeah, And yeah. when Tom Hanks is in the capsule freaking out, he wants to talk to Chris Ellis. So I thought, <laughs> if he's good enough for Tom Hanks, he's good enough to be my dad. <laughs> so is this like the dream cast you put together, everybody here on the cast? Pretty much. Like, I, you know, John Cho, I've, I've been a fan of for so long. Terry Brownstein, I've been a fan of. My brother plays my brother. Yeah, I, that was, that was uh, you know. <laughs> and I'm a fan of his. <laughs> <laughs> and is this, I, I did look a little bit on his IMDb. This yeah. is kind of like his first big giant. It's his huge. first big movie. He's on a, uh, NBC show called Superstore, which is very, very funny. But this is his first kind of movie where he's he's you know going to do some dramatic stuff. And uh, yeah, you you know it, our characters are very contentious and combative. And, yeah, and you know there's a lot of actors you can cast, but there's not a lot of actors who you've been fighting with for 35 years. Yeah. So so I was able to get a little extra uh, reality out of him. It was uh, it was very natural that, that yeah. whole thing. Well, my, my mom saw it. She goes, "I know there were scenes where you were really being mean to Jonathan." <laughs> I was like, "I know, mom. That's the that's the gig." So was the the Nora Dunn character of your mom? Was that kind of close to your mom? Because my uh, mom, that was kind of like my mom in the movie, you know, always worried about the food and all that stuff. Right, yeah, yeah. A, a little bit. She's my mom's a little more political than, than Nora, but uh, yes, in the sense that she does inform me when someone has passed away. <laughs> okay. Let me ask you too, when you're writing the script here, is this pretty much... Is this the farthest you went or was it even darker before and you peeled it back because the studio said, hey, you can't do really do this? Actually, it was almost the opposite. I, I really it was important to me for the movie. Uh, when, when I first wrote it, there were some people said, oh, let's go darker. Let's kind of do some permanent damage to people. And I, I wanted the movie to have an optimistic message because I am optimistic about the country. Mm-hmm. I think we are going to be okay. It's going to be rough for a while and it's going to take time, but I, I wanted to have an optimistic message. So so there was discussion about it, but uh, I pushed back and, and I'm glad with the way it ended. Yeah. And poor uh, Jay Duplis. Is that his name, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, Jay. Was that, a, was that a favor to you that he... Uh, uh, well, yeah. I, I, Jay was on the Mindy Project a lot. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and uh, I knew I needed a part that it was only a couple days to shoot, um, but he, I think he gets the biggest reaction yeah. in the movie when he... When he does, he does. Him, yeah. But, you know, just uh, just uh, not giving anything away, he plays a... He's sick pretty much he's the whole movie. He's sick the entire... He, 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 has, he has diarrhea the entire movie. Let's just call it what it is. <laughs> and, and, uh, We're not doing any spoilers here, folks. We didn't give away a main plot point. <laughs> That's uh, not a plot point. <laughs> well, it is a minor plot point. Uh, but but he yeah he's kind of sick the whole movie and then he makes an appearance at the end and it always gets one of the biggest reactions when we show it. So from Mad TV on, uh, is this where you kind of always wanted to go to write a director? Or is this kind of like just a gradual evolution for you? Did you always say hey, I, w- I always want to direct? That's why I want to get into this thing. Or is it? Cool? I, I did, but I never thought in a million years I would be able to do it. And yeah. you know it took it took a long time. You know I've I've been you know working in TV and doing you know acting small parts in movies for a while and and then you know really about. About, you know, two, three years ago, I had directed some episodes of the mini project and I said, I'm ready to direct a movie and I wanted to do something very specific and very mm-hmm. much in my voice. And once I kind of came up with the idea for this movie, uh, it, it just happened very quickly. Now, uh, I know you worked on Mad TV with Jordan Peele. Yes. Were you kind of inspired uh, with the whole Get Out thing and, I, the, and the success on that? Because your acting is really good in this movie. Oh, I'm not saying it's you. not good in the other movies, but it's, comic is different than yeah, some of the... Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote it, and then I went to the premiere of Get Out in L.A., and I came home at like 11 o'clock, and I said to my wife, I have to work. <laughs> you know, I have to go and like like push the script even more because what Jordan did with Get Out was so 
revolutionary and cool and uh-huh. exciting and different and and you you know you you get that good kind of competitive with your friends yeah now us tv watchers we want to think that everybody you work with that your friends and your buddies and you can yes. pick up the phone at any second in, and say hey you know talk. is this true with kind of the mad tv cast you work with and, oh, and the yeah. mindy cast you yeah work? absolutely uh you know i've been so lucky to work with not just great actors and funny people but also really nice people and a lot mm-hmm. of them you know have become my friends and you can call them for for favors. I mean, I couldn't call like Mindy Kaling and be like, Hey, pick me up at the airport. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, but, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I've been so lucky to just to work with such great people and I keep in very close contact. with. And the career like takes kind of a weird turns too. I know that in in sisters, you were like the love interest. I was the hunk. You were the hunk of the movie. I was the hunk of the movie. (laughs) And you have, you have a scene in this movie too, where you, uh, you kind of take the shirt off. I take the shirt off and we tested that scene and, uh, people walked out. (laughs) And so what I did is we, we spent about $6 million on CG to give me two more abs. That's where the budget went, right? That's where the budget went. It all went to my to me looking good. Everybody else's scale, right? Yeah, everyone else's scale. But I think people will will, will be grateful that I did that because I have two more abs. Okay, now, when I walked out of the theater last night, I was thinking about it, thinking about it this morning. Is that what kind of what you're going for, just to kind of like to get people? 100%. You know, I, I think, you know, the world is so crazy and absurd now, and I think we need to start making movies that kind of reflect that. And my, my goal uh, first and foremost, to entertain people, go see this movie. You get to watch a family completely melting down over the holidays. That's <laughs> not yours. Yeah, like so you don't have to worry about it. But then I do. I did want to kind of you know touch on some of these these issues that everyone's dealing with right now. Even if they don't admit it, they are dealing with. It. And I do want this movie to kind of linger and sit with you for a few days, and and, and you think about it. And it was this like the main family, or did you when you wrote it originally? Was there like grandpa and grandma? Was it like was it like a bunch of other people? No, involved? We, you know, only because I knew that you know we have about eight or nine primary cast, and that's a lot of people to to kind yeah. of you know work on. So uh, you know, maybe the sequel will have like the family reunion, <laughs> <laughs> the oath two cookout. <laughs> so what what is next for you after this? Because this this is going to take you. I don't know. This kind of might take you in in a different direction. Like you might you might you might get the offer to direct something completely. Serious. Yeah, I mean, I you know, to me, that if you have the opportunity to get a kind of conceive of an idea and see it all the way through, that to me is like the most. This was so exhilarating and fun to do. So, so we have a couple of movies right now we're writing. One is kind of a bigger studio comedy, and then one is. A little more like this, but a little darker, more serious, and it kind of explores the uh, dangers of social media interaction. Okay. Yeah. So before you reply to someone on Twitter, just think. And uh, you got this is like uh, this is a major release coming out in October. October nineteenth, it hits Texas because it 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 is kind of a, a crazy topic. Was there ever talk of like, hey, you know what? I don't we don't we don't want to release this? No, <laughs> you know, luckily the the producers of this movie produced Get Out, yeah, and a great company called QC, and I think they they kind of share my philosophy of we have an opportunity to tell different stories now in a, yeah. in a different America. And, and so they're very supportive of that and they're very, they, they want to put out, you know, completely different stuff. That's kind of pushing people and challenging people a little bit more. So they could not have been more supportive. Yeah. So. And and your star basically, you started it out in sketch comedy. Yes. Improv and sketch comedy in Chicago. You've never done stand up. It's always been I've sketch. done it like four times uh-huh. and it went well. And I don't want to do it that fifth time because <laughs> if it goes terrible, I'm just gonna, I want to walk away winning. <laughs> so I mean, we have a lot of uh, people out there hopeful to you know get in the hole. What's your what's your best advice for like someone wants to get into this sketch comedy or, or be a comedian? I, I, I think the, the the best advice is what someone told me a long time ago, which is even if you don't consider yourself a writer, 
write, whatever's in your head, yeah. put it down on paper, even if it's just an email to yourself. And if it's, you know, uh, if you love your into sketch comedy like SNL, write a sketch based off something that you think is uh, exhibits your point of view. If you, you know, w- w- have a funny story, try, try to, you know, turn it into a stand up set. If you think you have a great idea for a movie, re- re- go online, find another movie you like, read the script, see how they do it, and then try to do it yourself. But people have so much going on in their heads. And yeah. I think sometimes they feel like, I can't share it, but you can. And and I think nowadays it's easier and easier to to share you, what, what's going on in your head with the world. And yeah. sometimes that's a bad thing. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, being a, a failed screenwriter myself here. Which, Me too. What, what, what's your process? Did you go Did you go through the whole Sid Field, reading all the books and stuff like this? Or did you just kind of like, just kind of freestyle it? Or did you do the little act structure? Or, um, you what, know, what? You know uh, initially I think it is kind of good just to kind of read a couple of those books, Sid Field, Adventures in Screen Trade, just to kind of see... Yeah. Uh, but to me, what really helps is is reading other scripts. Yeah. Just take a movie that you love. I love the movie Tropic Thunder. And when mm-hmm. I saw the movie, I said, I need to get a copy of that script. Yeah. And then you just read it and you kind of see, you start to make the connection of what you, your eyes saw on the screen and what mm-hmm. your eyes are looking at. And so that really helped. And then as far as the actual writing process for this one, because I wrote it solo, I spent like about three weeks really breaking the story and thinking it out. And then I just, you know, just spit it out. I just, I wrote it in about a week. Okay. Yeah. So, so just, just go ahead and just, just sit it. down and start typing. <laughs> Let your fingers do the work. Um, real quick. Cause we have a lot of, uh, DC fans, comic fans, Yes. uh, suicide squad. How'd you get that role? And then, uh, you know, if you're in a serious movie, you tend to play like the jerk. All yeah. The time. I'm always a jerk. I don't know what that says about me. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a big fan of suicide squad. Actually, my parents were friends with, um, uh, John Ostrander, one of the creators of it. Mm-hmm. So I've been reading it for a long time and I heard they were making the movie and I, you know, I told my, my agents, I was like, Hey, if you know, if they're looking for, if Will Smith uh, bails on death, Deadshot, I'll play it. <laughs> and then, uh, but they randomly, you were like, hey, the director saw something, uh, David Ayer saw something that you did and wants to talk. And he told me about kind of this part. And uh, before I knew it, I was in Toronto with a giant goatee uh, torturing Margot Robbie. <laughs> Not a bad gig. As, as one does. <laughs> <laughs> well, the oath comes out in October. I think it's October 19th. Yes, year. sir. So it uh, opens in Texas 19th. And Tiffany Haddish and yourself are the, the main couple. We're the main couple, but we got John Cho. We got uh, the great Billy Magnuson, Carrie Brownstein from Portlandia, Max Greenfield from New Girl, Jay yeah. Duplass, my brother John. We have a really, really good cast. And there's two kinds of movies that I like to see in the theater. One are comedies and the other are like thriller horror stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think this movie, as you can attest to, kind of weaves in between that. So yeah. it's the perfect movie to go out and go see in a, in a, in a theater because you really feed off the energy of the crowd. And your uh, your music stings are great. As yes. Far as the guy next to me jumped. Uh, that's I mean, uh, the great <laughs> Brett Mazur, former lead singer of the band crazy town was my composer <laughs> oh, he really? was okay. yeah he butterfly? was butterfly butterfly <laughs> yeah. that's right and we, we spent months together and he kind of uh, conceived of this uh, this sting and uh, yeah he killed it but yeah everything is uh, you know thumbs up for me on the movie brother man thank you so uh, much. i definitely uh, suggest people go get it because you will definitely you can't guess this movie no it's it's something i promise you you have not seen before yes yeah just when you think it's going to be family arguing <laughs> Takes a turn. Takes a turn. <laughs> the Oath in Theaters, October 19th here in Houston. Ike Barinholtz, thank you very much Jimbo for bro, being Thank you so much, my friend. No problem, man. Awesome. Well, there it is. The Jimbo Podcast for this episode. That was Ike Barinholtz from 2018 talking about the movie The Oath. Hopefully, Ike will get on the show. We can talk about some other stuff and just kind of, you know, chop it up, as they say. <laughs> That's what we do on the Jimbo Podcast. Your chance to hear the unedited altogether interviews and bits and stuff that I've done in the past and some future interviews coming up. I got some great people to call and I got some great stuff to share with you that have been lost in time forever. 
So thank you for listening to this edition of the Jimbo Podcast. We will return, and I'll leave you with my signature, yeah! Have a great one. This has been the Jimbo Podcast. Tune in again next week for another new show, okay? Bye. Bye.